So um, sometime uh, last year, um, I was talking to a friend and uh, he, he invited us. He's one of, one of those people that we, I, I was, was kind of like mentoring me. And so we got on a call and we were having a conversation and he gave me an invitation and he said, hey, I would like for you to come join us in Bosman for this church plant. I had met him before and I knew he was planning a church in Bosman and we were praying for him. Uh, we visited him and he told us about his plan. We said, we'll pray for you. And we went back to Uganda and there was, you know, the lockdown and we came and we were in Ohio at this time and we were really excited. We had all these plans like, oh, we're looking forward to the end of COVID and then we're gonna go back to Uganda and it's just gonna be awesome. And so we started this conversation and he said, hey, I would like for you to come to Bosman and help us join this judgment. And, and to me, I thought, yeah, yeah, we, we'll pray about it. we pray about it. I, I got off the call and I did not pray about it. I thought, there is no way I'm going to have this conversation with my wife because there's a lot of reasons for not doing this. I mean, first of all, I, was, I had a rhythm that was going. You know, I knew what to do in Uganda. I knew where to get what, who to talk to, how to get around that place. I had that place under my, just my control. I knew what to do anytime. And, and, and also, we were, I was enjoying what I was doing. It was, it, was kind of, it was a good rhythm. It was just like something that I knew how to do. And, and I had figured out, I had figured out how to do that. And also the third thing was that we had a plan. We always thought that if we were gonna move to the US, um, we were going to move to Ohio because my wife is from Ohio and almost all of her family is in that area. So I thought, we're not going to pray about this. We're just going to wait for him to forget about it. And, uh, and so we waited a couple of months later. He got back on the call and he said, hey, have you prayed about this? And uh, at that point, I had no words. I said, uh, um, all right, we're going to pray about it. And so I, I got to my wife and said, okay. Uh, I know you don't want to move to Montana, but I need to get back to my friend Ashley and just tell him that we prayed about it and we're not going. So I need you <laughs> to pray about it and we need to take some time and pray about that. We are now in Montana, so. <laughs> but I was thinking about that and as I was thinking about this text and uh, thinking about John 10, it's a very interesting story and just, it's a continuation from what is going on in chapter 9. And, and it's a story of how Jesus heals this blind man and, and the blind man has not seen Jesus when he receives his sight after he washes his eyes and then people begin to see him and they are amazed like he can see what's going on and he begins to tell his story he said I don't know what's going on I was blind but now I see and the Pharisees did not like the story because they, they, and they began accusing Jesus they said hey he, he's a sinner he healed him on the Sabbath and they brought up all these accusations and they said uh uh, and they said all of these things. And the man who was no longer uh, blind now, the way he responded to the Pharisees was very frustrating to them. So they decided to throw him out of the synagogue. And Jesus meets him uh, later and he begins to have this conversation with him. And the Pharisees begin to ask the question, say, hey, did, do you mean, are you trying to say that we are blind to you? And Jesus responds and basically say that now, because you say we see your guilt remains. And then he continues 
this conversation in chapter 10. And in chapter 10, we see Jesus that starting with this figure of speech uh, from verse 1 to verse 5. And he talks about the shepherd and the sheep. And then he explains it from verse 7 all the way to 18, which leaves everybody just confused. Some people saying, these are just amazing words. And somebody, some other people saying, no, it's, it's because of a demon that he is speaking. But through this story, we see different things that I just want to highlight through my time and then uh, just close our time together. And these are the three things. He talks about the voice of the shepherd. And then he continues and he talks about, uh, he says, I am the door. And then later he says, I am the good shepherd. And so what think, I want us to think about those three things. Talk about the, the shepherd's voice, um, the door, and the good shepherd, and what that actually means. And so I'm going to go back into the text, and just for, for us to um, look at it again. He says, from verse 1 to 5, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. But they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger. And when you think about what is going on here, um, it's, it's a very interesting history of what is going on here, what Jesus is trying to explain uh, in this story. And see, uh, what was happening is that these people must have been familiar with what is happening here because there were shepherds in the time. And there were people that took care of, of the sheep. And, and sheepfold was a place where people would keep, like multiple shepherds would keep their sheep and they would bring them up and, and, and there would be somebody that would be watching at night because the sheepfold may not have a door. And so um, the shepherd would become the door. And, and so he, he would stay by the door to guard against all the wild animals that might attack the sheep at night. And so the sheepfold was usually that surrounded, surrounded by a stone wall. And the shepherd would be right by the door. And because, because you know, there was no door um, to the sheepfold. And so Jesus is trying to explain this because he's, re he's kind of reducing, coming down and trying to bring some clarity. Say, so this is what I am telling you. Because you understand how sheep and shepherd works. This is what is going on. And he explains and he says that, you know, uh, this, it's like when you think about a scenario of a sheep and shepherd. And it's very interesting. In verse 3, he says that to him, the gatekeeper opens. And he talks about these three things. He says, the sheep hear his voice and he calls unto his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And verse 4, he ends it by saying, for the sheep know his voice. And then in verse 5, he also says the same thing. It's like, they, the stranger, they do, not, they do not know a stranger's voice, so they will not follow a stranger. And it seems like he's repeating this whole idea of knowing and the voice. And, and it seems like there is an ownership that exists that when, when, it, when, when that exists, like when the, when the ship knows, 
uh, who their owner is, they can connect with the voice of their owner. And so he talks about how when the owner of the ship comes, and, and so he owns the ship, he comes, he says something, the ship here, they connect with that voice and they respond. And I thought that was very interesting. The sheep know how to respond to the voice depending uh, on, on what voice they hear. If they hear a voice that they do not know, no response. If they hear a voice that they know, then they respond. You see, what we know and what we have embraced is, is very foundational to how we respond to the shepherd's voice. And the things that are going on sometimes we do not respond to the shepherd's voice because there are different things that we have embraced. When you embrace something, when you hear it, you recognize it, and it just stirs up a certain response in you. I was thinking about this, and one of the things that came to mind is, and I just need you to bear with me a little bit, um, because this is very interesting. So where I come from, uh, uh, the, the, there are different cultures, and, and when you think about all these different cultures, there's different ways that you respond um, to different music. So when you hear certain songs, you respond in a very different way. We have so many different cultures. So when you think about all these different cultures, if you can hear that, that is, that is a different culture. When you hear that bit, it's a different response. It, just, it triggers in you a different response. So when you hear that, it's a dance song. So when you hear that, this is how you go. You just, you shake your soul. This is, it, it, it's, that's all you gotta do. You can't. And that is the response. Because of the song, you hear the voice, you respond in a very specific way. And, and because that is that song. But there is another song. When you hear this one, it's a different beat. And if you know it, it triggers a different response. And so when you hear that, where I come from, you do that. Don't, don't, don't. You, can, you cannot do the shoulders if you're supposed to be shaking your wax. No, 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 no. It's gotta be the shoulders, okay? If it's time for the west, no, no, just, it's, you gotta respond appropriately according to what voice you are hearing. And so Jesus is saying that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And so I was thinking about that, and I was like, how are we responding to different things? Sometimes the things that we have embraced in our lives have triggered certain responses, and sometimes we don't know why we're responding in a certain way, but it's just something that is on the inside of us that we have embraced. The voice you follow shepherds you. And so sometimes on the inside of us, if it's, would it, is it, if it's pride that is inside of you and you've embraced that, it's going to lead you. The way you're going to respond in different situations is going to be out of the pride. If it is out of pain and you're hurt and you're struggling through that, the way you're going to respond to people around you is going to be because of that pain. Because there's something that comes in and it triggers that pain and then you just begin to respond. If it is what you have always known growing up, when I got that call, there's something else that I knew. And when I say Montana, I said, I don't know, Montana, I'm not going to even pray about it. Because there is just something that I embrace on the inside of me. And so sometimes because of that, you just respond if it is tradition. Because that's what you have on the inside of you. And sometimes God is calling. 
And he's saying, hey, come out of this place and come into this light because this is more beautiful than what you know. It's better. But because I know something else, I'm like, "Mm -mm. I'm not letting go of my stuff. And so that is just the interesting thing that we, 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 we have rhythms in our lives and we have things that we have figured out and we have plans. And sometimes those things get in the way of us being able to hear and to follow the shepherd's voice. And we find ourselves in the valley of voices quite often where uh, you, you, you want something because of whatever voice that, that you are following. And you make that daily decision. You have to make that daily decision to what you are going to do, how you're going to respond, because there's so many voices. And it's like, which one is right? And you find yourself, and God is still calling in the midst of that. And it's like something is calling you. But Jesus is right here. He's giving us his word, and he's giving us his scripture to say, hey, look at this. This is life. This is it. This is all that you need. But you are at war with everything else that is coming up. And so Jesus says that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And I want to move on real quickly. And he says from verse 6, he says um, that this figure of speech Jesus used, uh, but they did not know or understand what he was saying to them. And so Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me uh, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. I will, uh, he, and, and, and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I, that I have come that they may have life. And he says two times that I I'm the door. See, the door opens to let you into safety and you let, let you out into the shepherd's care to go grace. And he's, he's, it seems like he's saying, I am the assurance of your protection and your provision. I will let you into the sheepfold so that you can be safe from everything else. And when the time comes, I will let you out so that you can go and find awesome provision and I will lead you. I I'm the assurance that you need. I am the door. You you cannot find safety without me. You cannot go and access everything else without me. This is it. And so he he says that. He says, when you need protection, I will let you in. And when you need provision, I will let you out. I will give you access to what you need. and, And I will watch over you. And I love what he says in verse 9. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he says, he will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. I, I was preparing to come and to, uh, you know, come on this trip. Um, it's it's going to be about two weeks that I'm going to be away from my family. The longest time by far that I am away from my family. And I was, I was getting worried. I'm like, you know, I've, I've got three kids. Um, and uh, it's the first time I'm leaving my wife 
for this long with all my, and, and when I say three kids, I'm talking about three versions of me, three very strong well kids that I, I don't, and so I, I was thinking, how am I going to do this? I, I don't want to leave my wife. I was more worried for my wife than for my kids. And so I started to begin giving my kids, uh, you know, I said, I need to teach them. I've got to teach them to listen. They have to listen. When I want it to be in such a way that when, when, when mommy says something, they quickly respond. And she doesn't have to do much. She just has to say it, and they will respond. That would be awesome. So I did my best. I said, I said, okay. I tried a couple of things. I said, okay, kids, let me explain to you, okay? This is, you have to listen, okay? This is good for you. And then I tried something, and they did not listen. And then, and then I say, okay, all right, all right, listen. When you listen to your mother, you get a treat, okay? We, I'm going to give you a treat if you listen. And, and I tried, and they did not listen. See, they, they, and I tried something, I say, okay, you don't listen to your mom, you're going to get in trouble. And, and that didn't work. I said, okay, if you don't listen to your mother, you're going to go to your room. Didn't work. I said, okay. And the final thing I said, I, I need to work on my, my face, okay? Just give them that scare. Just give them a look. So, that, okay, if you don't listen to your... And I was trying all of these things, and I was thinking, I, I, I want to protect my kids even though I am not there. I want them to be safe because if there's anything, I want my wife to call them. If they're in the middle of the road, I want her to just say, hey, come here. And I want them to run, because that would make me feel great. But I can't even save my own kids. I can't, I can't even, my son just looks at me, I say something, and he's like, no. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm your daddy. It's like, no, daddy. I'm like, okay, I cannot even do that. And so all along, I was trying to provide that protection. I was losing sight of the fact that it is Christ alone. I, I cannot do that. And Christ comes to us and he, he is telling us, that I am the door and I will save you and I will lead you out into pasture. And so the things sometimes that we begin to worry about and we begin to work so hard about and we lose sight of the door, Christ himself. And he refuses, he says, listen, all of these things. And he's speaking and he's telling them all of these things that you're trying to do. Here is the truth. You can take it, you can live it. It ain't going to change. It is it. And it continues in the last verses. Let me just read them through. And he says that I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf snatches them and, and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And just as the father knows me, I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. 
For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life and I, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down my life of my, my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and I have the authority to take it up. This charge I have received from my Father. And it's very interesting. He says this and, and people just get confused and, and there's just this whole struggle in there. But Jesus, he, he says that he is the good shepherd and he explains what the good shepherd does. And then he contrasts that with the hired hand. And he says the hired hand sees a wolf coming and it leaves and it flees and runs away from the sheep. But Christ chooses for the sake of the sheep to give his life. And so he begins to tell us and to reveal that, that this is how much I love my own. And somebody else may run in hard times, but I will stay and I will give my life. And he begins to reveal this grand plan of how he is going to give his life on the cross for our sake. How he is going to stay with us. Just such a beautiful picture. And he says this stuff. And he is saying that I will lead you. It seems like he's bringing us through this story and saying, I will lead you out. And I will help you find pasture. And, and, and in the right time, I will bring you into safety. And, and I will watch over you. I will do that over and over again. Because this is what the shepherd does. In the night, when it's time for you to be in the sheepfold, I will be by the door. I will make sure that you are safe. When it's time for you to get out, I will open the door and let you out. And I will call you by name. And I will lead you to the place where there is pasture. When the wolf comes, I will fight that wolf off. When it's time for you to come back to rest, I will bring you back into the shipfold and I will open the door and I will let you into safety and I will stay there all night and watch over you. I will do all of that. I just love how David uh, explains that. He says that and he looks at it in a very different way. In Psalm 23, he says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters and restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your road and your stuff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, what a beautiful way just to summarize and to think about what's going on in John 10. He says, this is it. He is my shepherd. I have no need. I've got him. He, I'm in his sheepfold. And he is right there as the door watching over me. And when my time to get out, he will call me. He knows what I need. And when I hear his voice, I will respond. 
and I will go to him and he will lead me and bring me back. I remember a time in my life and uh, I, was, I was about nine years old and this was a time when, 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 when my father was killed. He received a call to go into the village to resolve this land issue and he went up there uh, that day and he picked up two of my cousins and he went with them to the garden so that he can, you know, kind of clear the line and the boundary for the land that where there was a dispute. What he did not know is that that was a setup. And so when he got there with two of my cousins, these two men came up behind him and they came with a panga and an axe. My cousins, they run for their lives. And they left my father there in the hands of the wolves. We became orphans that day. We lost a father. And sometimes I think, if, if, if maybe my nephews tried a little bit harder to, to stay there and, uh, and, and to be there and, and, and to be with him in that time, maybe to fight with him in, in that very difficult time, maybe our lives would be different. But see, sometimes, and quite often we get disappointed uh, because we put our trust in the hired hand and expect to get the reasons of the good shepherd. And that cannot happen. The hired hand flees. The good shepherd stays. And so whatever the season and the time looks like, you got to ask yourself that place and come to that place where you're thinking, I mean, who am I putting my trust in? And here is a beautiful part. That Christ did not just say, this is it, I'm out. No, he says, this is it. But we're going to walk through this. We're going we're gonna to walk through this. We're going to go together all the way to the sacrifice and to the cross yeah, I need you to see this. I'm going to help you realize this. I'm going to help you see this light that you do not see. I'm going to repeat this. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to walk with you. Because without me, I know if there is no gate, if there is no door to your shipfold, you, you are going to be crushed. If you don't have guidance to the pasture, you're going to struggle. And I know that. And even if you don't see it, I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk with you. And that's the beauty of when Scripture says that we were dead in our sins. But we received this redemption. And we have a shepherd who will not walk away from us. Who will walk with us all the way. And it's not going to be easy. It's not easy to give up everything that you know that you've grown up in, to let go of your pride. It's not easy to, to let go of the sin on the inside of you and say, it's not one of those things that you just say, okay, I'm just going to do it. You, you need Christ. You need the shepherd to lead you. Because on our own, we cannot do that. Man, I can tell you repeatedly again and again of how I have found myself in that place. 
But it's very hard. A story that we talk about quite often is, is this young man who went to the pastor and, and he said, Pastor, I, I'm struggling and I need you to pray and cast out all those demons. We love to cast out demons in Uganda. So he went, he went to the preacher, got there and said, all right, I'm going to pray for you. And so the pastor began to pray and say, all right, uh, the spirit of, 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 of poverty Get out of him. And the young man said, amen. Oh, get out, get out. And they say, okay, uh, the spirit of sickness, get out of him. They say, oh, yeah, 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 amen, pastor, let that go. And uh, pastor said, the spirit of lust. He said, pastor, hold on. Hold on. I still love that one. I still, I still love that one. I, I know I want to get rid of some stuff. But sometimes we find ourselves where there's like things we don't want in our lives, but we want. And we need the good shepherd to lean on him, to trust him, and to know that him alone, everything else that we have leaned on, may not be able to help us and take us where we're thinking. We cannot depend on the hired gun and expect the good shepherd results. And so I just want to challenge us this morning to think about Christ and Christ alone. Our lives, every day, to look to him, to hear his voice, to trust that he's watching over you, and to trust him as he leads you to the pasture and brings you back in the safety.